0: You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Zoe Petajan-Shade. Zoe, thanks so much for being with me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Brainerd.
0: Zoe, we're going to talk about your show at Kai Matsumia, which is open now and and running through June 17th. And um, I guess we should begin with um with the work, um, because there's also this is work on uh attempts at self-organization. Is is that correct? That's the body of work that's being shown there?
1: Yes, that's the series.
0: And it's um but the title of the show is also The Hard Problem, correct?
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: So those things seem to, to, to kind of coincide a, a little bit, you know, I mean, you know, I, I understand some of the influences on this and, and we'll get into that, but um, just to talk about that, the hard problem, attempts at self-organization, um, that strikes me as having a sense of humor and something I can relate to, but I, I could be reading <laughs> that wrong. Um, but, uh, but just to talk about that, the, the, the title, the hard problem, attempts at self-organization, is that meant to kind of be almost as a, a sentence a reflection that specific as as and literally as I'm taking it,
1: yeah, I mean they're definitely related to each other. um The term the hard problem um was actually um coined uh, by David Chalmers in his book in the nineties um and um uh called the conscious mind and um and it's basically it's like referring to the problem of how uh, physical matter can give rise rise to consciousness. Um, And uh, so that's like the highest order of complexity. And uh, so the attempts at self-organization title of the series basically deals with that problem and kind of all the um vagaries like how does matter take up form how does pattern become established and uh you know i guess the the various stages of that be like how does matter become uh organized how does that organization rise to animate and then how does animate rise to consciousness or that's kind of the the backdrop of the titles
0: Okay, so I'd, I'd like to get into that. Um, also, you know, because it's so interesting, it's true. How does the animate get into consciousness? And um, but this also attempts at self-organization. Is that a term that's that term itself um, have a, a kind of source similar to the the other texts that you're talking about or, or have referenced in this? Or is that a because that strikes me as kind of a pop culture reference almost, right? We're trying to get organized for some reason, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a combination of both. So, um, I mean, the attempts part is definitely uh, not. It's, it is uh, kind of this pursuit of order. Um, so that's not a sourced term. As a self-organization, I mean, um, so much of my work is involved in... Um, the ramifications of pattern and structure. And um, in this kind of body of the work, I'm dealing with pattern almost as a kind of physics, like how uh, does pattern get established in kind of almost like a particular way. Um, I was looking at um, resources about um, the science on that now. And I was even looking at um, work being done at Harvard University. And there are labs right now talking about investigating self-organization. So I kind of saw that that was a term people were using. Um, but it's funny because the, uh, I traced this work back where I, I came across a text Um, from over 100 years ago by um, Stéphane LeDuc, which deals with, um, called The Mechanism of Life, which deals with how uh, particles might self-organize using osmotic pressure. And and, and these are really visual issues,
0: as much as scientific and, uh, I mean, they are visual issues we're talking about, right? You're you're talking about scientific issues as well as philosophical issues, but you're you're interpreting these visually. It's it's as though we could be talking about composition, correct?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's a, it's a really great comment. I found that so much of these concerns, the way I read them scientifically, are actually aesthetic considerations or compositional considerations. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 it's true. I find that so much of my history of of kind of thinking about pattern and structure and its ramifications have all kinds of kind of scientific um reads historically and philosophical reads and in terms of this particular thing of um the duke like his idea um i'm going to paraphrase and for any scientists out there uh, forgive me if i'm uh, a little faulty but um his idea was that particles in emulsion, like he would say these grand things like all of life is the the interaction of two emulsions, Um, but uh, that particles in emulsion um, want to act like a gas, which means that they uh, want to be equidistant to each other and evenly dispersed. And that's a very compositional longing, right? That's like a visual situation where all of the elements are evenly placed and evenly ordered Um, and so uh, his idea was that in pursuit of that goal um, they're highly reactive to any inequality and changes in density so for example if there are more uh, particles like in one emulsion densely uh, packed and then that is then opened up to a more more dispersed emulsion, then the particles will rush across and kind of try to achieve that. And that kind of instinct is what pushes all of these things around membranes and forms these different um, kind of areas that then get pushed through veins, and that's metabolism. And this is like kind of the underlying mechanism, that's the mechanism of life that produces these various orders that we see um, in both... Uh, mineral and organic life. And his idea was that there really wasn't such a hard line between the inanimate and the animate. But in basic, uh, like I read his theory very visually and that, um, and so the way that that influenced me, um, and he's one of the many kind of influences that I was drawing upon and kind of dealing with the dynamics of um, how these structures would be organized or not, is that there are some elements in the work that, are, or that the individual repeat line, the, the mirror in which they're organized, they're dispersed very unevenly. And that unevenness then limits the way that they can repeat. And that limitation becomes kind of the active driver of how they can organize on the page.
0: That's so interesting that inter- that visual interpretation of that. I I want to talk about some of the other texts too. I know you you're inspired by Plato's um, Timaeus and also Saint Augustine's Confessions, um, but I want to ask about the the title as well. This is attempts at self-organization. So the attempts you know sticks out to me because attempts sounds almost like um, studies, and it and it almost seems to say um, that they didn't completely succeed, but of course these are finished works, and, and and they do succeed, or or at least that's how I see them. Right, they're they're, they're, huh. they're finished, they're, they're they're kind of final attempts. Um, does that relate to a particular text? This idea of 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 that uh, that these are attempts at self organization as opposed to this is self organization. I mean, it sounds doesn't sound nearly as poetic as attempts, but also, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying it just seems to almost sound like uh, to, to embrace failure to to some degree.
1: Yes, it does embrace failure, and that's a very kind of astute point. I, the, the attempts part is not in the text, and it's really my dealing with kind of this this very odd space between organization and not. And and the attempts is basically my acknowledgement that I'm not quite sure where those where it, it tips over into a totally different. Zone of structure, like all of the the ways in which these um, elements are interacting and becoming more arg- organized, seem to exist kind of in this um, in this zone between disorder and order. So they're achieving different levels, but I wouldn't say they're achieving. You know, like the most complex possible level. I think they're interacting and they're kind of bumping up against each other in different layers of dynamics, and and the attempts is kind of the a description of that of that kind of dynamic action.
0: Yeah, that makes sense, and um, yeah, and especially coming from uh, well, from a few different. Um, vantage points, you know it's so interesting to talk visually about all this Saint Augustine's Confessions is also an inspiring book for you right which is which is kind of fascinating that seems so different than me because that's um i don't know at the time the book was sort of outrageous right and uh, <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you you know kind of pull from that or, or why is that an inspiring text for you?
1: Gosh, Augustine's Confessions um, has been working on me for decades. I read it in my early twenties, and um, I mean, I took from it kind of. I, I one of the premises, fundamental premises of my work is that the um, like the arrangement of forms is as um, important or as loaded. Um, visually, culturally, psychologically, as the image, as the images which uh, it governs. Right. So, I thought I found that um, in terms of loading the kind of um, the organization of form, uh, Augustine was just profound. I mean, for me, um, what was inspiring about that book, and the book is obviously has so many layers and is very complicated uh in terms of how you might read it but the part i was really interested in was his kind of longing for a description or um a explanation of of evil and sin in the book and he kind of does these wide arcs of searching for that and and my take on it was that instead of landing on that as a kind of a a spirit or a personality like the devil or, or some kind of force like that. He finds that in matter itself, in, in states of order, and um, kind of ascribes an axis between form, like ultimate form, which is God, and nothingness on the other side. And in between is all of the place where we live, and it's time itself because of change, right? But, but that any step away from form, any step away from perfect order towards mutability was a step away from God, and that's a sin. That sin is that move down the kind of axis towards, towards disorder and ultimately nothingness and i just found that such a kind of powerful paradigm as a way of like uh loading morally um these kinds of various states of structure
0: i love talking about this you know it's so interesting and so so the the works in this show um, are course geometric and filled with you know as as the listener then begins looking at your work and and hopefully seeing the actual show you know, it relates to all of this right there's there's enormously complex forms in here or at least that's how I read them from you know what looks like very organic objects almost like um, flowers plants to uh, other natural forms and other forms that that may not be natural certain types of lines um they're, they're all relating in some way to these texts, right? There was this one other text that you're, you're, you've talked about and that's um, the Plato's text. And, and that also seems, seems to relate to this, right? This kind of uh, almost visually. I mean, of course it relates because these are the texts you mentioned, but uh, that sense of, of, of geometry, right? Of, of, of forms as a, as a basis for this work.
1: Absolutely. I mean, uh, the the Timaeus was also another one that's been working on me for decades. I read it around the same time as I read Plato, I think. I mean, as uh, Augustine, I think. And yeah, his is, that's such a beautiful, beautiful text. I mean, um, I just reread it recently and um, was no less kind of profoundly impacted than I was all those years ago. But, you know, he posits almost like a, a proto-atomic uh, kind of model, um, and it's interesting. I mean, so his, his 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 premise is that you know everything, including you know not only matter but kind of states of consciousness and um, emotions, like all of this is uh, composed of these certain of these perfect shapes, right? Or at least they begin as perfect shapes. So like, for example, triangles and other kinds of um, what they call platonic forms. And the platonic forms just mean that they are made up of regular planes. Um, So like uh, isosceles triangle or cube um, uh, or um, the dodecahedron, I guess, is one. Um, so, So they're almost like proto-adams but he has kind of this beautiful story or description of timaeus describing like our whole life cycle and relation uh, through the lens of the act, the state of these forms so he says for example in youth we have perfectly sharp triangles and when we eat or we get exposed to the environment the triangles from the world get chopped up by our sharp, vigorous little triangles and we kind of ingest and are able to kind of take in all that material. But as we age, our triangles, you know, having tussled with the world for so long, become blunter and eventually the world's triangles eat up our triangles. And when enough of that happens, then we die um so that is another kind of profound and kind of wild way of talking about loading the specific geometry of shape you know like what state what is the hygiene of your triangles what state of life is this you know how how vigorous are you or how close to death are you in the state of these shapes
0: i love that i'm i'm um, they're so fascinating, and, and as it relates to your work, when 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 I looked at the work, as, as I see the show, it 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 brought me into what for me felt like these kind of um, molecular worlds, like looking closer at things, and and I think the composition of these works uh are, are, are partly what's doing that but also even on this kind of organic level I, I i feel like i'm looking deep within something sometimes the frames within frames uh as as well as other other pieces that look like multiple sections uh still feel like i'm getting i'm getting closer to something that i could never see normally or can't be seen with a with the naked eye is, is that just my projection entirely or is that also part of what's happening here
1: no, I think that is. I mean, so the basic form of repetition um, in the, the kind of underlying form of repetition in this series is mirroring. Um, and, you know, mirroring has a lot of kind of implicit associations, right? There's like, I mean, in a way it has a kind of consciousness association from beholding oneself in the mirror, right? I mean, there's kind of consciousness tests regarding being able to recognize oneself in the mirror. But even kind of the specific of one facing the other has that kind of, has a bit of a load on it. And it has kind of a, I don't know, a bit of a biological element too. I think most biological growth has kind of an embedded symmetry. Um, But so a lot of those structures that you're talking about are actually um, emerging from mirrored uh, from mirrored structures. And, and, and in the show, in the back, among the drawings, I included some of these mirrored devices, which, um, in which, so I took, I used mostly the platonic kind of form. So, for example, triangular mirrors that fit together in a way, in a certain way because of their specific angles, and they make like a mirrored pyramid. And then when I placed... For example, a feather in that mirrored environment, the different angles of the mirror refracted that single feather and made this kind of wild iris like, slightly beasty, slightly preternatural, feathery, frondy entity. And so that form one couldn't see kind of without the mirrors. Um, and there was a lot of surprises for me in terms of these forms kind of becoming i would i started with these mirrored structure with the mirrored with a single mirror and then used the angles of that mirror to create the structure so the mirrored hexagons fit together in a way particular to their angles and the mirrored pentagons fit away particular to their angles and the mirrored cube right so they all kind of have that level of organization kind of emergent from their original form. And then those angles then refract the forms in different ways and they have all kinds of associations. So like the um, hexagon had this space for kind of the real, like a, a triangle in the center that I placed into the garden. And that with, with, vegetation that was very young so it's right on the edge of being identifiable it's almost just geometric shapes right those little tiny leaves and the mirrors the angles that the mirrors were at bent that one section around into kind of almost like a little planet and it was interesting because the the mirrors seemed to both be adding information because of the way that they're angled you can see parts of the form that you wouldn't be able to see looking straight down but they're also distorting the image too as you bend it around and and it becomes kind of almost gloomily murky and unrecognizable as it kind of recedes in the refractions of the mirror
0: yeah that's so that's that's so cool and kind of wondrous you know because there's what uh, creates worlds within worlds, but just as you said, the feather kind of became this whole nother sort of iris beasty thing it's it, there's also uh all these transformations happening that are um that are kind of uh, magical in their own right these are these are these are new forms you 're an artist you're creating things you're making things, but with these the idea of with it with with the mirrors is it's also building forms that you know, we almost can't imagine because they're um, they're about this this kind of mirroring uh, perspective, which is so unlike how how the eye sees.
1: Yeah, and they were wondrous for me too, all of them. And 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 it's funny because I mean, there's two different kinds of mirroring that's happening in the work. There's kind of these physical mirrors which I build, and then you kind of deal with these whole kind of wondrous new forms that, that, that arise and have all these associations and are kind of distorted, but they're very inward-looking. They tend to be very inward-looking because of the angles of the mirrors tend to kind of refract into these little orbs with different atmospheres, Are um, whereas these like, I do also use um, what I'm calling psychological mirrors which is basically flipping the form flat in symmetries and those are very expansive and they kind of spread out and, um, and so it's, there's another kind of aspect about the different forms of mirroring some seem, I mean I almost liken them to kind of societal models so like for example the mirrored hexagon felt almost libertarian or something, it was very isolated self-sufficient, you know kind of homogeneous You know, whereas these little, um, there's a kind of vegetal um, structure that is mirrored in a flat way um, that can take up infinite space. It can move in every direction and kind of hold the territory, and that one's almost like colonial or something, right? It can just kind of stake its claim. And the different, as I was talking about before with Leduc, there are different kind of mirrors like that that have, uh, different densities, which means that that limits the way that they can take territory and, and it provides it kind of mandates gaps or certain ways that they can move. Some are kind of winding around the page, others kind of spread in kind of explosive or um, condensing bursts. Um, so the mirror, the, the specifics of the form of mirroring is generating all of these different dynamics in terms of how how these things can be formed first in the first order like the 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 hexagon mirror like the orb itself but then also how it might interact with the others
0: so interesting It's it's been such a pleasure talking to you Zoe about this and um congratulations on this show i hope the listeners all get to see this before it closes i want to ask you one more question before we go which is a little off topic but I'm always curious what everyone's reading. What are are you reading at the moment?
1: Actually, mine is very on topic. I'm actually reading the Chalmers book I mentioned, uh, Conscious Mind, which is, um, who coined that term, the hard problem. I'd actually heard that term years before, but I traced it back to the book and thought, oh my God, I need to read it. So that's what I'm reading now.
0: Mm -hmm. Zoe, thank you so much for talking with me today. Uh, Again, I wish you well on the show. Thanks again for your time.
1: Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much, Brainerd. It was a pleasure.
0: You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.